night of that meeting asked me to go out to the little stand with him. The camp being so far away from any restaurants or anything, we always just went eat a hamburger or a hot dog or something. And he asked me would I walk out there with him, and I said, sure. And he bought me a soda, cold drink. Stood there and talked a few minutes. We started, started to leave and he left a bill in my hand. I didn't look at it. I knew it was money. And he said, promise me you won't forget me. Six foot two, maybe three. Dark, dark brown, wavy hair. Eyes so dark brown, they was almost black. Handsome man. About six weeks after the close of that meeting, I went to my mailbox and got a letter out of the mail. And I, I never recognized the return address. I got in and opened it, and it was written on a spiral notebook page. And the woman started writing, Dear Brother Foss, I don't know that you would remember me, but when she said my husband and I and our two children, teenagers, came in on a Tuesday night, I had not forgot him. She said, the Lord filled me and the two children with the Holy Ghost, and it's been such a joy, such a joy. She said, after we come home, Saturday, Sunday, my husband wouldn't go to the office. One week went by, just walked around the house. Two weeks. The office called and told him, Jim, you need to come. We need you. He simply said, You don't need me. I can't come. Four weeks. Friday night, Friday evening of the fifth week, she said, Brother Foss, I left to go to the grocery store about six in the evening. I asked him, did he want to go? He wouldn't even get out of the house. He said, no, honey, I want to stay here. I want to be alone. She said, when I came back from the store and walked into the kitchen, I found a note scribbled laying on the drain board. Honey, you're a precious wife, and I love you so much. My kids, I couldn't love them anymore. And since y'all have received the Holy Ghost, you have been so great and so beautiful. Don't ever stop living for God. 
But honey, for me, I can't feel or touch God anymore. And so I just wanted to tell you, goodbye. I love you with my heart. She ran into the hall. Down the hall at the bathroom, she saw his feet laying out in the floor. He had gone into that bathroom and placed a shotgun in the roof of his mouth. Blew his brains on the side of the wall. So close. Had his hand in the dish. There's a spirit come into this place tonight that I fear to even open this Bible. But friend, don't you sell short. That's why that I've asked Brother Powell to sing this song. I want you to join hands. I want you to pray about the person who's next to you. God knows their heart. You don't. If you can, reach across the aisle. If you see somebody that don't have anybody's hand, reach over and lay one on them. I can't afford to let you leave here tonight without somehow getting in touch. with you and your God bind us together bind us together bind us together Lord bind us together with cords that cannot oh, be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together. Bind us together in love. Oh, bind us together Lord bind us together with cords that cannot be broken bind us together Lord bind us together Lord bind us Together with love. One more time, let's everybody sing it. Bind us together, Lord. Bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together. Lord, bind us 
let's lift up our hands. Let's praise his name. I don't want anybody to move. Don't anybody leave. I really feel that I need to read the word of the Lord to you tonight. This young man that has come to stand at this altar, that's fine. I want him to just stay there. I don't know how long I'm going to preach, but I'll assure you one thing. We're about to walk where angels have never walked. the book of Exodus chapter 32 I read verse 32 out of the book of Co the gospel according to St. John chapter 3 I'll read verse 16 then back into the book of Matthew chapter 16 and I will read verse 18 Notice what the Lord had to say. It came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people, You have sinned a great sin. And now I will go up into the 
up unto the Lord peradventure I shall make an atonement for your sin. And Moses returned unto the Lord and said, Oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold. Verse 32, Yet now if thou wilt forgive their sin, you notice in your Bible there is a hyphen there. Moses did not finish that statement. He said, If thou wilt forgive their sin. And he said, And if not, in other words, if you won't forgive them, then you blot me out of your book also. Dear God, chapter 3, verse 16 of John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 18, chapter 16 of Matthew. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell, everybody say the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. Would you bow your head with me, Lord? Give me the wisdom to follow the direction of your spirit. I don't want to miss you, Lord. Help me to deliver myself tonight, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I ask it. Everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Have you ever wondered why that the Lord made such a statement as that? I'd like for us to analyze that statement tonight. And before this service is over, 
we're going to do some changing of geography in your thinking. Now I want to use for our subject tonight, Calvary at the gates of hell. I have read two introductory scriptures to you tonight, one about Moses and his dealing with the men of his day, the other about Jesus Christ, why he came to the world. Never has two beings, two men, had an impact on the world like Moses. And like Jesus. No two beings that ever lived ever had that kind of an impact. I would like for you to look at Moses for a moment. I want you to notice the similarity of these two. One, Moses. At his birth, they were in a time of Egypt where they were killing all the male babies. And the Bible said his mother saw him a proper child. She weaved a little basket. And placed him in it, in the river, the bulrushes. I remember that story as a child. And Pharaoh's daughter came to bathe all ordained of God. And while she was there, she heard the baby cry and found him in that little ark, that little basket. It was the plan of God that she would feel a feeling toward the child, knowing that he was a Hebrew, Moses' sister 
standing close by to see what was going to happen. She said, I'm going to take him home and he'll be my son. And Moses' sister ran up there and said, I know where I can get you a good nursemaid. And I'll go get her. And it was ordained of God that Moses' mother raise him in Pharaoh's home. The life of Moses, his walk with God, his communion with the Lord, was so powerful it was so strong I believe that I could say that he changed the entire attitude of God toward men Oh, you said, Brother Foster, I don't, I don't really believe that. Let's look at it a little while. God took him to Egypt and he killed a, an Egyptian when he saw him in a skirmish. Therefore he fled. He feared what they would say. That him being a Hebrew had killed an Egyptian. Ordained of God on the backside of a desert. That's where he saw the burning bush. You know, it's strange to us. We all would like to see a burning bush. None of us want to be on the desert. Amen. When he saw the bush burning and it wasn't consumed, he stood there and looked at it a little while, walked over to it. I'm sure that that Hebrew boy felt the hackles on the back of his neck because he felt something. For the first time in his life, he had walked into the presence of Almighty God. You know what I feel? Some of you have been going to church a long time. But you never as an individual have stepped into the presence of God Almighty. And you're about to step into His presence tonight. The Lord spoke to him and said, Moses, when he heard that, no doubt a fear come over him and he said, my God, 
what am I hearing? And the Lord said, Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. That was his start of walking with God. Such a man, such a powerful man, such a great man, went back and saw the Hebrews at the blast furnace. Their faces burning, their hands bleeding, making brick. Their backs beaten, purposed, I will lead them out as the Lord has said. And God began to talk to him. You know the story and I don't want to dwell with it long. Time come for them to leave. They hadn't gone very far. And there's something strange about men. A cow can be black every day, eat green grass, she'll give white milk, and you can make yellow butter. And tomorrow she'll be black, she'll eat green grass, you'll get white milk, you can make yellow butter. But not a man. He's one thing today and something else tomorrow. You never know from one day to a next, the next what the man you're dealing with is going to be. Today a friend, tomorrow a raging enemy. Are you hearing me? Today I love God with my heart. Wake up in the morning in a new world. Could care less. Care less. I never answer my telephone. Dave Powell will tell you. If you ever call me on the phone, I'll give you a $10 bill. If it's 2 o'clock in the morning, if when I pick up that phone, the first thing you hear is praise the Lord. This is Brother Foss. Oh, I have disarmed men that were so mad when they called me, and I didn't even know it. And when I picked up the phone, praise the Lord. This is Brother Foss. Huh? Yeah. My wife always answers the phone. Praise the Lord. You say, oh, Brother Foster, I wouldn't do that. Well, maybe you're an Egyptian. What's wrong with me praising the Lord? What's wrong when a banker calls my house, me answering the phone, praise the Lord? What's wrong when an attorney calls, I say, praise the Lord? Hey, are you ashamed that you're a child of God? 
Oh, well, I don't want to do that. They'll think I'm crazy. Why don't you say, Hail Lucifer? I'm going to praise him. I'm going to praise him in the morning. I'm going to praise him in the noontime. I've tried to make up my mind, God, I'm not going to change. I want to be what I ought to be every time you come by. Oh, friend, when those people got away, the first thing they'd done, the first trial they came to, they began to complain and they looked. Moses said, just stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And the Red Sea opened. Wasn't long until they wanted water because the water was bitter. And the Lord, Moses said that they, Lord, they can't endure anything. What am I going to do? He said, just cut you a branch. Throw it in the brook. It'll be all right. Went on a little bit further. No water again. You, you brought us out here. I wish to God I'd have stayed in Egypt and I could have eaten the lentils and the garlic and the onions and I, everything would have been all right. But you brought us out here to die. Moses said, God, what am I going to do? And the Lord said, Moses, take your rod and strike that rock and when you do, it'll all be all right. And he took that rod, and when he hit that rock, out of it flowed water, beautiful and clear. Oh, but we want something to eat. All right. I'm going to let manna come down. And they're not even going to have to work for it. All they have to do is every morning get up and go out. And gather enough for the day. You don't need enough for two days. The day before the Sabbath, gather enough for two days. But every other day, just enough. Manna. They got tired of it. We don't like that. We don't want that. We want flesh. God, what am I going to do? I'll take care of it, Moses. And here come quail. Quail by the thousands. They cooked those quail. They ate quail breast. The Bible said they ate it until it ran out of their nose. The best you could get. Quail. He fixed their shoes where they wouldn't wear out. The clothes on their back didn't wear out. He gave them a pillow of fire at night and a cloud in the daytime. And they were such unruly, unthankful, unholy people. They complained about everything. They got in need of water again. And Moses was so frustrated 
The Lord said, this time just speak to the rock. But these people, God, I don't understand them. And he walked up and struck the rock again. God rebuked him. He said, it's going to cost you. You shouldn't have done it. Everything he'd done, one miracle right after another, it still did not satisfy them. Nothing pleased them. They didn't care about anything. Moses, what are you doing? You've got a bunch of rebels on your hand. And when Moses left to go and talk to God, when he got back, he found them dancing around a golden calf. And they said, this is what brought us out of Egypt. Moses got there. You see, up until this time, there was no mercy. You never heard that word used when it come to men. Noah's flood. They could beat on the ark. They could climb to the highest hill, get in the highest tree, and scream and pray. But, hey, friend, the greatest luxury that you have ever had is to be able to feel Him tonight. I looked at that fire last night in the fireplace. And I have often thought that, and I've used it so many times. I love a fireplace. I go to bed at night, I put a big log in there and I bank it up so that in the morning I'll, I'll find something. I hunt a lot and out in our part of the world, we, where we camp, we take, Rocks, and y'all don't have any rocks here, I know. And we build a round place about like that fireplace, only not so high. We build our fire inside of it. We use mesquite wood. And that mesquite wood burns slow, hot, and the coals will stay a long time. I left our deer camp uh, one Thursday night, went home for church, drizzling rain, had had a big fire in that place, and my boys wanted to go back the next Monday, and we drove back, and uh, it was still kind of misty rain, and I told them, I said, y'all go on, we got there just before dark, and I'll get supper ready and have it ready when you get back, and I was going to build a fire. And I got to digging around under those old gray ashes. And about six inches deep, I found some of the most beautiful red coals after five days buried under there. And the Lord taught me a parable. I got down on my knees and got over that fire.
I took some thin twigs and got there and I began to blow. The more I blew, the brighter the coals became. It wasn't long sparks began to fly. It wasn't long till I had a fire started. What are you saying, Brother Foss? You better hope and pray to God that somebody can dig out the ashes of your heart and find a coal and blow on it until it starts to burn one more time. You see, some of you are so far away. Nobody's been able to reach you yet. Nobody's been able to touch you yet. The fire has not been warm enough that you could feel the heat. You haven't been close enough to the power of God. You're here, but say, sir, you better pray that God will help this preacher tonight to reach down in your heart and find something. Preacher, you don't worry me. Hey, friend, you think that we really will score something if we get you in the church. You got it all wrong. It's not that. You're the one that needs to be blessed when you get into the church. You see, when Moses saw him dancing around the calf, it broke his heart, and he went to God. God looked at him and said, Moses, I know. I know all about them people. I made some promises to Abraham but if you will just step aside I'll make you the nation I'll take the promise away from these rebels I won't let it be with them but it'll be you that can count the sand on the sea It'll be you that can count the stars in the Milky Way. Somewhere in the heart of that great man, something happened. He got on his knees in the face of God. Down on his face, he said, God, I know how bad they've been. Mercy is not in your vocabulary. You kill them at Noah's flood when you saw the earth corrupt. You rain fire down on Sodom and Gomorrah. Hey, I just thought of something. Did you know that hell was never mentioned? Before this time, 
somewhere between the flood and here, God prepared a place called hell. Hey, friend, think about it. It wasn't even in the Scripture. You don't find it anywhere. But when Moses prayed, he got a hold of God. And he said, God, I want to tell you something. I know how bad they are. I know how dirty they are. But if you can't forgive them, then you blot me out of your book also. God looked at Moses and said, You, you've got me in a strait. Hey, friend, I want to ask you a question tonight. Who is standing between you, the living and the dead? There's something absent here tonight that wasn't absent then. Yeah, God spared them. God let them live because a man prayed. God let them live because somebody got a hold of them. Moses said, I can't let you do it. I can't let you do it. I won't let you do it. You've got to forgive them. I know they're guilty of everything. But you've got to forgive them, Lord. You've got to do it. There's no way that I can let you do it. An intercessor simply changed the will, the mind of Almighty God. But let me say this as kind as I can. Brother Hale, we have the greatest preachers that ever wore shoe leather today. We've got the greatest talent that Pentecost could ever want today. We've got beautiful churches, the most beautiful that you ever want to walk in. We have them today. We've got everything that you could ever ask for. But there's one thing so blaringly, so glaringly absent, and it's absent here tonight, and it's that somebody that's willing to stand between the living and the dead and tell God, I'm not going to let you do it. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to pray. God, you can't do it. Hey, Mom, you're waiting on somebody else to bear your burden. It's not going to happen. Hey, brother, your bud's going to hell. And you don't have enough spiritual insight to get down somewhere 
and get a hold of God. Hey, Dad! It's your son! But you're waiting for the preacher to turn the crank. You're waiting for the preacher to make the move. All right! I'll turn it if I can. I'll move it if I can tonight. But what are you going to do if I fail? Who is it that's going to walk out there? Who's going to reach out and get a hold of you and stop you on your death march into a red hot burning hell? There's nobody. Nobody is standing there. Son, you got the Holy Ghost? You got the Holy Ghost? You spoke in tongues? You don't have it. Do you have it? You don't have it. You have it. You don't have the Holy Ghost. You do. You don't. Hey, Brother Foss is not playing games with you tonight. Stand up here by me, honey. Who is willing to step between the living and the dead and tell God, you can't do it. I'm going to hold on. I'm not going to let him go to hell. I'm not going to let hell have him. I'm not going to let him burn. God, if you can't save him, then blot me out. Hey, if I've ever been serious with you, I'm serious tonight. Son, have you got the Holy Ghost? You come up here to pray tonight. Are you where you want to be with God? Oh, come here with me. Come here. My God, honey, I want somebody to step between you and the Lord tonight and tell God, I'm not going to turn him loose. Hell can't have him. I'm going to give him up. I'm not going to let the world take hold of him. I'm not going to let him lose out. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to hold on. God, if you can't do it for him, then don't let me feel you again. I wish I wish I didn't feel like I'm feeling right now. Oh, but sir, I can't help it. I won't fight against it. I know what I'm seeing tonight. I know what I'm telling you. If I don't get through to you, Young man, young woman, mom, dad, if I don't get through to you, you won't ever. You won't ever. Now, I know you don't want to look at me, but I'm telling you, you won't ever walk on streets of gold 
if this preacher don't reach you tonight. I know you don't believe it, but I'm on a mission in Colorado tonight. I've only got tonight and tomorrow night to do it. And oh, if God will help me, I'm going to pour out my soul. I'm going to pour out my heart. I'm going to reach for you with everything that's in me. I'm not going to let you get out of here without first coming face to face with God Almighty. And somebody is going to stand up and say, God, I won't turn you loose. My God, my God, my God. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. In the name of Jesus. Hey, friend, somewhere, somewhere, I've got to come to a close, and I'm not through, Brother Grisham, but God reached up and took Calvary off of Golgotha and brought it down and put it right at the gates of hell to tell you that on your death march, you don't have to go to hell. You can stop by Calvary. I've never done this in a camp meeting. I'm not even half through with this sermon. But God has already spoke to me. It's enough. I want Brother Powell to go to the organ. I want you to pray. I don't want anybody to move. If you walk out of this service tonight, sir, if you walk out without God, you're going to splash through a crimson stream and walk out of here with blood on your feet. How about it, sinner? Out of reach of the love of God. Can I reach you tonight? Pray, church, pray. If there's anybody here that you know that's not ready to meet God, you need to go to them tonight. I'm serious with you when I tell you I feel the hand of God moving up and down this aisle. Come on!
Calvary at the gate of hell. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, saint of God, don't come by yourself. Find somebody close to you that needs to pray. Come on. Come on. Come on, mama. Bring her to the altar. Bring her to the altar. Honey, bring her to the altar. Come on. Come on, Dad, bring her to the altar. Hey, church, they're coming. They're coming. Our altars are filling up. between the living and the dead now. Oh. 